0: Well, good morning, everybody. He is risen. How amazing is that? My name is Sam Barnes. I'm the pastor here at the Hills Christian Family Center. And uh, if you're new or you're visiting with us, we trust that you uh, sense the warmth and uh, sense the joy of a church family that comes together to celebrate our risen Jesus. And there we heard the voice of Mary, who... Uh, was trying to make sense, as we saw in our play this morning, of what took place that morning as she came to the tomb and and was looking for Jesus. And uh, this morning, I want to talk on a particular passage of Scripture in Luke. And I want to talk about it because as I was driving in my car, I have a Bluetooth uh, thing that talks to my phone. And if I don't tell it what to play, it just randomly uh, just plays random stuff on my phone. And because I've got the Bible on my phone, um, it kind of comes up a lot <laughs> compared to the amount of songs i got. And I, I was just listening to the shuffle that went through my phone, and this passage came up. And as it was being spoken to me, it was like the Holy Spirit just kind of awoken me to the reality of what was actually taking place and I want to read it to you this morning on the first day of the week very early in the morning the women took spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they entered they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus and when that was spoken it's like they went looking for Jesus and they didn't find him and it struck me do we look for Jesus in places where he isn't do we search for Jesus in places where he simply is not and it was a challenge to myself as it sort of jumped out at me and I felt like the holy spirit was speaking to me cuz I I look around the world and I see so many looking so many searching so many seeking for God and yet simply looking in the wrong places. Places where He is not here, the angel declared. We look, do we, for example, look and expect to find God in our traditions, in our rituals, in our religious practices? And there's nothing wrong with those things but the answer to life is not found in those pursuits because we find Jesus in a living relationship because he is alive and we can relate to him. See, Jesus is living. So do we look for Jesus in places where he simply is not? They entered and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Here it is again. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Why? do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for things that give life amongst things that cannot give life? Why do you look for the living amongst things that have no power to grant life? Why do we look for the living amongst the dead? And there's something profound here that's being said. You see, we all live. The fact that you were here this morning proves the fact that we live. But we breathe air, we exist here. Yet living is so much more than simply existing and simply just breathing and being. See, the human condition, and it's in every single one of us, is that we all search for so much more than just existing. We search for meaning and purpose and hope and deep-seated joy and ultimate acceptance. That's a yearning that is inside each and every one of us. And Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that the thief has come to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, but not just existing life, not just breathing life, life in all of its fullness, a full life, a fullness of life that is more than just breathing or existing. And yet, just like the women, we look for this fullness of life, we search for a fullness of life, meaning and purpose in places where it just simply doesn't exist. We look for Jesus, who is life, in things that are lifeless and have no power in and of themselves. So in biblical times, this was very much seen uh, through idol worship. Uh, In the ancient world, people basically made up their own gods in the hope that there would be some life-givingness out of what they had created. For example, when Moses went up to the mountain and he was gone a long time, the Israelites who had just been saved in a miraculous way out of Egypt said, hey, let's take our gold rings and earrings off and make a golden calf that we can worship and that we can think is the thing that can give us what we are after. But it's simply something that they have created and made. That has no power in itself. It has no life in order to give life. And so they would basically, with a stone or with a piece of wood, fashion their own gods. So I've got a piece, some pieces of wood here. And I've got a couple of nails. And so, here we go. Where's Jasper? Jasper loves his woodwork. He might come and help me. I have to be careful, <laughs> on, careful of the wooden floor. I won't go, I won't go through much further. And, uh, oh, that won't, that looks good like that, yeah. So, okay, pretty happy with that. Oh, it moves a bit, I might, might put another nail in. And just to make it more um, God-like, it kind of needs a face, I think. Um, Maybe up there. There we go. He's going to be crossed. Let's make him cross. (laughs) Now, literally... This is what people did in the search for purpose and in the search for meaning and in the search for gaining that fullness of life that would fill our empty hearts. They would fashion themselves something that is literally dead. It has no power. It has no life in it. It is just, you know, I can. that's that's not going to do anything to me. It's just a piece of wood. Now, we might look at this and kind of think, laugh in a way, or think, yes, but that was before. They were sort of enlightened and we sort of evolved as human beings and now we're much cleverer and now we don't do that sort of thing. Do we? (laughs) See, I actually think we still do this today. We may not have literal, physical things that we create, yet there are lifeless things that we are looking to to give us life. This way of thinking is just futile. How can this thing or this pursuit, uh, whether it be something physical like a house or a car or something that might bring me happiness, or it might be a a relationship that I'm, I'm looking for or a job that will give me satisfaction, or maybe being known. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of these things. However, they, like this piece of wood, have no power to grant the fullness of life. They are here today, gone tomorrow. It's a bit like an iceberg. On the surface, floating in the water, we see an iceberg. And yet, there is so much more to the iceberg that is actually underneath. In fact, it is so much bigger underneath the water. And it's like these things that we are hoping in, not that there's anything wrong with them, but it's kind of surface level. They're kind of things that are just there. And yet what we're hoping for is what actually upholds those things and makes sense of those things is that deep-seated sense of joy and peace and purpose and meaning, the fullness of life that Jesus talks about. See, we find ultimate peace and ultimate joy, ultimate life, not in lifeless things, but in the life. You see, he isn't in those things. He is alive and he reigns in, his, in our hearts. The Bible says that he is the truth, he is the way, and he is the life. And he is alive. And how do we know that he's alive? A dead God can't heal your heart. A dead God can't give you life. A dead God can't give you freedom. A dead God can't fill you with joy. A dead God can't save you. But Jesus can. Jesus can, because he isn't found in the dead places or the dead things, but he is alive. And he wants to come into your life as your living saviour and to fill that place of deep longing and desire and joy. There's um, a song That became a bit of a theme song in our youth group uh, for many years from the Newsboys. And the line is, Our God's not dead. He is surely alive and is living on the inside, roaring like a lion. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you rose from the dead. We thank you that you are alive. And just like those uh, first women could actually see and speak to Jesus, you are alive and we can see you in all of our life, in the ways that you work, in the ways that you act. And we can speak, we can pray to you because you are our living saviour. And Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning. I pray for anyone who is searching, who is longing, who is seeking to make sense of this life, to find the fullness of life. And Lord, I pray that in their searching that you would appear to them just like you appeared to those women that morning. And Lord, that you would come and that you would fill their hearts with so much joy, so much peace, so much life, that there is no doubt that you are alive. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to close our service this morning by singing a song that declares all that Jesus has done for us, all the amazing grace, the way that he has saved us. And let us stand. And again, kids, kids, you know this song. So again, you might want to jump up and down. Hey, if you even wanted to come down the front again, and, and sing and dance with joy, we wouldn't say no to that either. Let's stand together and sing. <laughs>